Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? June 5th edition of the Holy Smokes Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrar, joined alongside, as always, co-host to the Holy Smokes Podcast, managing editor of Fightful.com, MMA, boxing, wrestling, thankfully still employed. We'll get to that in a moment or so. But, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, make sure you give a follow online at Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, yours truly at Showdown Joe. Lots to discuss today. We will be UFC 225 heavy because this card looks like potentially one of the greatest UFC cards to have ever not only been put together, but been maintained. So we'll get to that uh, shortly. Obviously, we're going to talk about Kobe Covington uh, taking on RDA. If you haven't seen some of the um, UFC embedded stuff, oh, it's getting interesting already. Uh, obviously, uh, Robert, or what's his, what's, what's his nickname? What's Whitaker's nickname there, Sean? Bobby Knuckles, that's the one that I want to call him. Bobby, I almost, I almost said Johnny Knuckles, but Bobby Knuckles taking on Yoel Romero, a guy that I see a lot when I'm in Florida doing the Titan FC shows. Uh, that's going to be a sick fight. CM Punk, he's back. Second fight in MMA taking on Mike Jackson. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about Alistair Overeem, Rashad Evans, Holly Holm, Megan Anderson, Joseph Benedivides is back taking on Sergio Pettis. Uh, obviously, our pros picks, which are always fantastic. Make sure you guys tune into those because... 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Again, we're going to recap UFC uh, Utica, discuss a few things there. MVP, who we discussed last week, is obviously one of the most exciting fighters in MMA. Uh, you know, a, a super fight with Wonderboy Thompson would have me intrigued. Not so much with Sean Ross Sapp. He's going to boxing, or he's going to be competing in boxing. Uh, we may touch on Andrew Lee's husband, if you haven't heard the news on that or seen uh, that stuff there. Uh, and of course, Shorty Torres, his performance at UFC Utica, Marlon Marais' performance in that main event was ridiculous. All you Yair Rodriguez fans, including Sean and I, he's back with the UFC. We'll talk about that for sure. Uh, and much more. Sean thinks the event has the event pacing has changed. It's not changing. Uh, we'll get to that as well. Sean, what do you want to kick things off with? Absolutely. Utica, absolutely. So for those that didn't see Utica, you uh, see Utica. Uh, it was a pretty good show. It wasn't a fantastic show because there weren't that many finishes. I mean, I was following Sean's uh, tweets or at least Fightful MMA's tweets about decision and decision and decision and decision after the early prelims with Nathaniel Wood and, and uh, Jose Shorty Torres getting yes. finishes. Um, can you guys hear Sean right there? Just put it up on the live yeah, chat. Yeah, I think they can hear me now. I'm pretty sure they can hear me now. All right. So what do you yeah. want to kick things off with? Because I'm going Utica. with Utica. We'll talk yeah. Utica. <laughs> Best fight card ever, only not really. Man, that was a short show. First off, Jessica Aguilar got her fight full, pulled because of chapped lips. So this begs the question. Have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? I have. How did his brother ever train to become a cage fighter, considering that his only training partner, Napoleon, had chapped lips all the time? He yeah. could he could never get in some good training. It's crazy. It's it's uh, when I got the, when I saw the news, I was like, "What? What what did I miss here?" Like I know you're probably dry and you're cutting weight and you can't have water, but chapped lips? Yeah, man. Huh? Yeah, man. Oh, by okay. the way, since you all couldn't hear me at the top of the show, we have pros picks for Covington RDA, Holm Anderson, Overeem uh, Blades. RDA Covington, Whitaker Romero. This is going to be a giant UFC 225 preview show, but we're going to talk about Utica at the beginning. That was weird. Also weird was Jared Brooks doing a move called White Noise, which is an over-the-shoulder pile driver, essentially, to himself. However, when he did that, Shorty Torres's leg was above his head. The back of his head slipped, slammed the mat, which, ironically for you, ended up looking like a move called a Canadian Destroyer, a front flip pile driver <laughs> for Shorty Torres. He wins. The thing I liked most about this that I took note of most was that Shorty Torres immediately knew what was going on and capitalized and rolled and started to throw punches. Shorty Torres picks up the W. It's not always pretty for Shorty Torres, but he did get the win. Yeah, it, it was a tough fight for him, man. It wasn't looking good for him at all. And at that point there, even, you know, Jared Brooks was going in for the takedown, was able to get underneath him, lift up Shorty Torres and, you know, go in for that slam. But, but a simple error and, and Jose capitalized. That's just simply how it is in MMA. You can make, I mean, we've seen it before. Not the first time it's happened in MMA. Guys are dominating. They make a mistake. Opponent seizes the opportunity, gets the finish. So uh, we can fault Shorty Torres' performance all you want. Uh, bottom line is, is he was ready to go. And he gets stronger as the fights go on. Trust me, I've seen them all. He gets stronger as the fight goes on, if he doesn't get that early finish. So uh, unfortunately for Torres, he keeps having to take punches to get warmed up. And he took a horrible spinning back fist uh, that really made his left eye look very, very ugly. But in the end, 
made his UFC debut, achieved his dreams, got his hand raised, and now it's on to fight number two for him. Johnny Eduardo, Gleason Tebow, Jake Ellenberger, I think they're all pretty much at the end of their road. I don't know if Eduardo will be cut, but I think they're all at about the end of their road in the UFC. Desmond Green dominated Gleason Tebow. Uh, Nathaniel Wood tapped out Johnny Eduardo, and what happened with Jake Ellenberger was exactly what we expected to happen to Jake Ellenberger, especially when you get into a clinch with Ben Saunders. Uh, what? Why would you do that? So, three guys that I likely, I don't expect to see. However, what I do expect to see this week, which I think is going to be really funny, people saying, what if the UFC let him call himself CM Punk? <laughs> he should have to go by his real name. Meanwhile, they will have no idea who Jengaleason Herculano Alves is. A guy by the name of Glayson Tebow who has never used his real name. They don't know that Czech Congo isn't that guy's real name. I'm very excited to see those idiots. However, three guys who have been around the UFC for quite a while, quite possibly done. What, what do you think? Uh, the Jake Ellenberger fight, I thought if he was going to lose, uh, it was going to be via KO. Right or a TKO that was more or less not from a body shot or from a knee to the body. That's not exactly what I, had, had, you know, expected. Although we all know Ben Saunders in the clinch, that's that's one of his strengths, right? Especially with his Jeet Kune Do background, because he likes to use those slippy hands, right? Is that what it's called, slippy hands or something of that nature? So rangy, sticky hands. Too. He's yeah, able to get, his, get get those uh, legs back and throw those knees with such increased velocity. Like he is built like. <laughs> If they could cast Sagat from Street Fighter, they would have yeah. that big, lanky guy. It was, uh, you pretty much knew it was coming. Sam Alvey picked up a win over John Volante. That wasn't the greatest fight in the world. Sam Alvey should not be as successful as he is. It is mind-boggling how successful he is, but good for him. Bilal Muhammad winning for the second straight Ramadan. He's competed essentially in three yeah, in a row. I, I, have, I, 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 I didn't draw the math on that one, Sean. I have an I, insane I, amount of respect for that. I just didn't. I, I completely. It didn't just. It didn't hit me that. Oh my God, Ramadan! Like he's got a fast from sunrise to sunset yeah. throughout the camp. Throughout, holy smokes, man! That guy's tough, man. Super tough. Shout out to 2014 when people thought Nick Lentz was the answer to Conor McGregor because he wasn't even the answer to David Teamer on this night. Uh, those Fox Sports ones prelims were so boring. Uh, Sadara Eubanks versus Lauren Murphy. What that fight said to me is, Joanna should move up yesterday. <laughs> and uh, Paige Van Zant has some really good striking for that division, <laughs> and that that a lot of people are going to move around a lot in this division. We're going to see some crazy stuff happening because this was a top three fight. I I, I don't. Please don't take this the wrong way, ladies and gentlemen. Sean probably understands more than anyone what I mean by all of this with his crazy fingers going on right now. First things first, I want to bring up two things about David Taymor and then Sajara Eubanks. Uh, David Taymor, is it me or is this guy like operating on a different frequency, even to the point where John Anik was like, dude, you're weird? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I was like, on the show, too. Yeah, I'm like, dude, did you not, like, realize that your fight people were, like, not exactly happy? And you're asking them for what they thought? And poor John had to deal with that. Can't read a room, man. Yeah, it's very important. Just, woo. And, and in terms of Sejara Eubanks and, and Lord Murphy, I mean, it came to one point when I was watching the third round, Sean, where I was like, 
oh my god, like this is not good. This the striking is there's nothing behind it. And then of course my eyes caught the glimpse of number two versus number three. And if you're somebody watching the UFC perhaps for the first time or watching that fight, thinking this is number two versus number three. Number tomorrow, Joanne Calderwood is number three flyweight if she wants to be. And that that's crazy because she's barely hanging on in a depleted women's top 15 division. I think tomorrow, Joanne Calderwood is a top 15 fighter in that division. Man, if I am Valentina Shevchenko, I am, she's already dancing anyway, but I'm doing, I'm putting in some <laughs> extra reps in the dancing because she, she's about to have a run. She is about to have a run in that division. So around the time, oh, actually, we'll, we'll get to that later, but uh, Gregor Gillespie, he looks good. I'm liking him. He's looking real nice. It's dominant, man. It was yes. dominant. It was everything. Everything was dominant, man. Very good performance. Like, just fantastic performance. Wish he was a little bit younger. Hate that he got in uh, as old as he did. But, you know, that that's just... I think more and more we're going to see that people are going to move into MMA as right, right after their college careers. Marlon Marias. I didn't think he was going to get it done. I didn't think he wanted this fight that bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to doubt him again. He is a victor after 33 seconds. I think that he deserves a shot two months from now ahead of Cody Garbrandt. To be completely honest with you, I don't think Cody Garbrandt deserves that title shot. He hasn't competed since then. He hasn't beaten anybody since then. Marlon Marias, on the other hand, should be four and zero in the UFC. He defended his World Series of Fighting title five times before that. Should have been six, but Bollinger missed weight. And now we're seeing a guy, back when Marlon Marias beat Miguel Torres after his UFC run, some people were like, well, that's a nice, nice fight to make a, a name off of, but it didn't really mean a whole lot. Uh, apparently it did, because now he's beaten Jimmy Rivera, Aljamain Sterling, John Dodson. I had him beating a Sun Sal, and he's yeah. got that win over Miguel Torres on his record. That is, quite frankly, for somebody who has never had a UFC title, that is an all-time great resume, and he's not even been in the company for... A, it was a year this week that he jumped into the company. That's impressive. That is very yeah. impressive. I picked him to win versus Jimmy Rivera because I looked at the skills, the skill set and the way they two, the two matched up. I just think Marlon's just on a different type of run. Although Jimmy was, what, undefeated in 6,000 fights? Yes. Like, I mean, Jimmy's a bad, bad man. He punches hard, but... You know, even to land a switch kick that early in a fight is very, very impressive. And the way he just pulled it off was fantastic. And I mean, he go he will go down as it stands yeah. right now as one of the nicest guys in MMA. Like he's just so nice, so polite, so kind. Uh, very, very humble. Obviously, with the information I get from Frankie Edgar and whatnot, this guy is just what what you see is what you get. He's yeah. so humble. He's so nice, and he works, man. This guy works hard, hard. Look at the dude's physique for 135 pounds. Dude's ripped. Like, holy smokes, man. The top seven, eight in this division, really, if you go from champion down to Aljamain Sterling at number eight, it's really solid. And Aljamain Sterling's on the fringe. Like, if he puts together all of his tools, I think he can be a top guy. But really, up until number seven, this is this is the row. Dillashaw, Garbrandt, Cruz, Asunsau, Rivera, Marias, Lineker, Dodson. That is psycho, Joe. That is psycho. You put those eight people in a tournament, I do not Saw know. That yeah, I don't know who's going to emerge victorious there. Uh, I know one thing. Dominic Cruz can't say, yeah, I'm going to wait for a title shot. He can't say that now. He can't say that. He already took the fight against Jimmy Rivera, and 
I think that's the fight to do now. I think you go Cruz Rivera again, get one of them a win. But Marias, I'm okay if he waits for a title shot because he deserves that title shot. And usually I'm opposed to that. Usually I'm not like, oh, wait for a title shot. Yeah, Marias should get one. Honestly, he should have the one in August. Garbrandt shouldn't have that. We should be running back Garbrandt and Cruz or something like that or some other fight. Uh, but Well, that was the fight that you and I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I, I just I hate the idea of – I hate mandatory rematches in pro wrestling, Joe. Not to mention in MMA. If you're a Rose Namajunas and Joanna Janjacek, that makes sense. Joanna defended her title five or six times. What? No, no. I'm saying I don't believe in mandatory rematches either way because there's no such thing as a mandatory rematch unless yeah. it's in the clause. Unless there's a clause in the contract sure, that sure. both fighters agree. Well, every rematch, rematch I should have said. Yeah, well, every rematch, Sean, is is in my opinion situational, right? Like if you if you're the challenger and you you hand the you know the champion's ass over to them, you ain't getting a rematch, champion. That's just my opinion. Now, if it's a close fight and you know a split decision, uh, two judges had it one way, one judge had it the other way, and for the vast majority of people, like man, that was way too close to call. It could have went either way. I see a rematch. But when someone gets their butt handed to them, no, there ain't no rematch. Sorry, you lost the title. Go back, win, and then come back. Simple. There are some exceptions, like the Joanna Rose thing happened so short. Like I, a lot of people thought it was almost flukish. Garbrandt never defended his title, never successfully defended it, never won a fight after that. I'm just thinking, that's just so weird. That's uh, such a such an odd thing, especially when you had Marias and Rivera both there, and Rivera looking for a fight at that point. You could have thrown him in there with Rivera, and I would have been happier with it, honestly. But that was Utica. But about the same time that that happened, a video or a photo of Andrea Lee and her husband, Donnie Aaron, emerged from a lake day. And it was revealed that Donnie had a swastika on one arm and essentially Nazi lightning bolts on another. Andrea Lee, uh, ill-advised, said, sensitive-ass mofos. And I'm like, that's not the way to go about it. And also the we have a black and an Asian guy living with us thing is not good either. That is, that is one step away from looking at a crowd and saying, where's my African? There's my African. Which has happened to politicians that run the country that I'm in. He then goes on to say, I made a lot of mistakes. I was in prison 20 years ago. He was also in prison 10 years ago shooting a guy. Go read about that somewhere else. But would go on to say that he's talked to like celebrity tattoo artists and said that removal and lasers and covering up is not the it's not a possibility for him. It'd make it look redneck before. I've got some idiot in our chat saying Kane Velasquez has brown pride tattooed on his chest. And he's a pro fighter. Get over it. Uh, you sir are a moron, and I hope you never watch our show again. I do not want you as a viewer. Do some research before you say ignorant things. I beg of you. I beg of you. My issue, I thought that the, the, the statement that Donnie Aaron put out primarily was really good. He apologized. He said, I'm not that one. person. Yep. However, when he goes out and he says, oh, I'll look more redneck if I get it covered up. Well, I mean, if you get it covered up by a bigger Nazi tattoo, you might. Otherwise, no. No. Um, 
I, I read his apology or I read his statement, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, people can accuse me of being that nice guy Canadian, and I I liked his apology with the only exception of the, you know, I've tried we've talked about you know laser removal and getting another tattoo over it. With all due respect, and I am not advocating anything other than the suggestion of you probably want to get it removed and or another tattoo over it. it it's that seems to me like a a, a somewhat simple answer. Have you uh, seen have you seen what uh what a lot of people do whenever they're like under bridges and stuff and they see swastika swastikas have you seen the edit that a lot of people do for those they turn it into a Windows ninety five logo. Oh my god. <laughs> they finish it off <laughs> which I think is funny. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's I and, and you know, you and I have talked about you know what happened in our tw- or at least you know in my twenties. Did I make every single oh, yeah. ethical, politically correct decision in my twenties? Probably not, but there I wasn't mean, that social media out there. I used you know? to use terms that t- today aren't appropriate, and I think a lot of people did. Like there were a lot of like sexual slurs that seemed normal when I was a teenager that I wouldn't dare say today, and I think back. And oh man, I didn't. Just... I didn't know anybody that those terms would qualify for. And now I always think, and I'm like, how would they feel? How would they feel if I said that? How would they feel if they knew that I said that? And it's a shame. Now, granted, I didn't get the shit tattooed on me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he goes and says, "I'll look more redneck if I cover it up." Nah, man, no. I respectfully disagree with that. I think you should cover it up or have it removed. It's just, I mean, especially for, you know, and, and you could tell the sincerity in, in his post, you yeah. know, or, or in his, his statement, you know, just for your own wife. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, if, if for what, I've only got one tattoo, um, and it's actually the opposite of what those tattoos are. My tattoo is a white hand and a black hand handcuffed together holding up the earth, basically saying we're all one. So it's the complete opposite of of what he's got. But if for whatever reason in my 20s, if I had a tattoo that was just like, that's a bad idea. Like I'm at the tattoo parlor going, hey, man, can we we like fix this up here? Like get get rid of this or do something over top? Because right now it's not right. I remember the other day I'm listening. uh, I was working out and had the tunes cranked and I found a nice little playlist on YouTube. I wanted to listen to old school hip hop and, you know, or old school rap. And some gangster rap came on, and NWA came on, and you know, and obviously I, that's the era that I kind of grew up in when NWA first came out. And all of a sudden, I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm like, ah, it's not that bad, and I get it, blah blah. And then some words. I think it was Ice Cube, and some of the stuff that Ice Cube said. I'm like, whoa, you can't say that today. You cannot say that today. Let's just say that uh, the LGBT community would be like, what, right? And so you know, again, what people did in their 20s. Versus what they're doing right now in their 30s or 40s, I understand you don't make the smartest decisions in your 20s. And for those of you that are in their 20s right now, you'll understand this in 20 years. Um, but as time goes on, as we evolve as a species and a society in general, if you have an opportunity to fix what you did back in your 20s, i.e. a tattoo, get it fixed, man, because that it'll rear its ugly head. And he even said, I, you know, I cover my sleeves, I wear long sleeves all the time in public, blah, blah. He's basically ashamed of it. Not ashamed of his past, live and learn, but ashamed of it. And, and, one mistake at a lake has now exposed you. Yeah. Okay. Sure, you're a great guy now. I'm not, I'm not denying that, not at all. But get it covered up or have it removed. It's that simple. It's. it's I know you've said that you've done it and you've tried and blah. 
Try harder, brother. Try harder, yeah, man. Try Sorry. harder. I live in Kentucky where I see remarkable amounts of racism. Accepted racism. Just dumb shit. There are a lot of white people that think that everybody is out to get them. The idiots defending this, you're a moron. If you say there's a double standard because of this, you're a moron. You are objectively dumb. Flat out. You are objectively stupid. Flat out. Speaking of people who say absolutely ignorant shit, Colby Covington's joining us on the show. Take a listen to his conversation with James Lynch. And how do you feel like you match up against Dos Anjos? Uh, you know, he's coming off a big win himself over uh, Robbie Lawler. I feel like I match up very well. You know, he's a little nerd. He's, you know, he doesn't really have any real skills for welterweight. You know, he's, he's, he's beat a couple guys that, you know, were coming off losses that it's a padded record. But, you know, all the people and critics that are saying that, you know, he's this welterweight unstoppable, you know, these are all the people that are leading into a bloodbath. These guys don't understand. These are the same people that are going to be saying, oh, Oh, RDA was an oversized lightweight. He should have never been at welterweight. So, you know, they're giving him a false sense of security going into this fight. And, you know, after I finish him, you know, they're going to be the same people that say he should, he should have been at lightweight the whole time. Speaking of security, they moved this fight from Brazil to uh, to Chicago. Um, when did you find out about that? Was this like immediately after the McGregor thing or when did that sort of happen? No, it, it was before, you know, it had nothing to do with the McGregor incident. You know, they wanted this glorious moment in American history U.S. soil, you know, the filthy animals in Brazil didn't deserve it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what, uh, you, you forgot your suit in Brooklyn, and we were talking about this. Uh, how did that happen uh, with you going to the press conference? Because we were trying to link up when you were in Brooklyn. Yeah, man, it was crazy, dude. As soon as I got to Brooklyn, man, I forgot my suit back in Florida. So, you know, I had to rush to the suit store and get a suit. You know, big shout out to uh, uh, my boy, uh, What's his name? Jeff, Jeff Forrest and, uh, and Lloyd over at Ballingy Group. Those guys helped me out, man. I got a lot of respect for those guys. Good stuff. Um, how's the training camp going? Who have been some of your main guys that have been helping you get ready for this fight? Oh, man, training camp's been phenomenal. You know, I got a different girl for each day of the week. You know, not, I haven't been putting in much work in the gym, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to make a difference. RDA doesn't have anything that I haven't seen before. You know, I've trained with the best fighters in the world. Jorge Masvidal, you know, Dustin Poirier, Mike Brown, you know, I got, I got great training partners, uh, Gleason Tebow, you know, a guy that beat RDA. So, you know, I'm going to be well prepared for RDA and anything he throws at me on June 9th. And I know Tony Martin's joined your team and he says he really likes training with you. It seems like he's been a nice addition to the squad. Oh, dude, Tony Martin's been a great addition. That guy's, you know, he's just a wizard. You know, he's very smart, intelligent. He, he's a hard worker. You know, he's back in the gym, you know, He's training two days after his fight. That's unheard of. You know, most guys are taking a week or two off, but, you know, he, he's a competitor and he loves to work hard. So, you know, his energy is really good to have in the room and, and he's definitely taken everybody to a new level, including myself. And uh, as far as uh, the weight cut and all that, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the multiple sexual partners. Uh, I'm sure you're getting a lot of, uh, you know, weight cutting uh, through that. But, um, you know, is, is the diet, is, is that all going well? How's, how's all that ahead of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm raw American steel and twisted sex appeal. So you know, all all these uh these late nights with these chicks, you know, we've been putting in a lot of work. I'm already on weight. I'm ready to make weight tomorrow. So that's not going to be an issue. My my cardio is on a whole nother level. And I mean, look at these abs. I mean, they're freaking. They're they're freaking. Those are freaking sharp, man. Look at that, man. I mean, wow. Not a. That's a lot of fucking pumping I'm doing with these chicks. Guy in our live chat says. Nobody bats an eye if Colby Covington says some racist shit. Double standards. Uh, to the contrary, 
I kind of remember his Filthy Animals line being rather controversial. I mean, it's obvious it was a work. It's very clear that he was trying to rile people up with that. And yes, a lot of people were outraged about it. He says he's going to confront Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan might be a better striker than Colby Covington, though. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Yeah, he'll throw a spinning kick real quick, but um, I, I just... Colby Covington is a fool, but I enjoy it. I really do, and I get a... I, I love his shtick, and he makes me laugh, uh, although he did take uh, uh, Chael's line, who Chael took it from superstar Billy Graham anyways. Yeah. Uh, I get it. I get it, but... You know, I, I I got Colby makes me laugh. He's crazy, you know. Got a boomerang thrown at him. That's how much he's pissed people off. But he's he's a fool, and I love it. Just keep just keep her going. You know, I just you know we'll see what happens. And I like this fight because you know he's it's it's minus one ten. They're both a pick 'em fight, Sean. Uh, I am go, obviously going with RDA in this fight. I shouldn't say obviously. I am you know edging toward RDA emerging victorious. But Colby Covington is just he's hilarious. So this. <laughs> This week also saw MVP do the exact opposite of what we recommended he did. I said he should probably not go back to boxing. He's 31 years old. He should probably keep improving as an MMA fighter. He's going to box again. But, I mean, if if his next fight is a title fight against Rory McDonald and he's biding his time until McDonald Musashi is done, I'm okay with that. Yeah, stay active. Keep it going. Get tight. Um, I, I, what did you think of James Lynch in that interview? Trying to hold it together, his best, leading, leading Colby Covington, trying to keep a straight face during some of the ridiculous shit that Covington said, which we will hear more of momentarily. But yeah, it's not. It's people think it's all fun and games because sometimes you have to look at at a situation when you're interviewing a subject and realize this could get ugly. Keep your professional composure. Uh, you know, you, you sometimes you want to ask questions because you do want to get that quote. I remember at Sportsnet, uh, and even when I was doing stuff here uh, for Fightful, you know, I want that quote. I need that quote, and I'm gonna, you know, ask a certain way, uh, whether it's considered leading or whether it's considered, hey, listen, I'm asking you a question because the quote would be fantastic of a headline. Um, you got to keep your composure when they go off the rails. And I've I've had my fair share of interviews where fighters have gone off the rails, and I'm kind of like. In my head, I'm like, do I smile? Do I laugh? Do I acknowledge? Do I just keep going? I've also done interviews with people that are no longer involved in MMA. Uh, I'll just simply say former promotional presidents or, or commissioners or whatever you want to call them that flat out lied to me in interviews and I'm looking at them and the look in my eye that my producer said to me, Sean, was, oh my God, I thought you wanted to just kill this guy because you just BS the whole interview and you're like, I just lost three minutes of my life. Never going to get them back. Yeah. So yeah, you know when someone's BSing you, you're just kind of like, shut up, but you can't do that or can't say it. He does straight character work. And I saw actually, I saw a very funny video of I think it was Angela Lee and Jessica Panay, like kind of making fun of it. They were at the same place where he had the porn stars. Mm-hmm. They were like, We have four hot studs here that we totally didn't pay to be here. I was like, Ah, pretty yeah. good, pretty good. And it was the same background and stuff. I was like, That's clever. They're They're emerging on the the uh, podcast scene as well. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm just I'm kind of laughing because somebody called Colby Covington Kobe Covington. Yeah, it's all over the, the chat. <laughs> I'm having a good time with that. So, 
Yair Rodriguez is back in the UFC. Um, this comes a couple of weeks after they sent him a a termination letter, which they rescinded. This is such horseshit behavior by the UFC. I mean, he shouldn't have been fired. Probably. Uh, did he make things difficult for them? Hell yeah, he did. He made things real difficult for them. But, I mean, it just shows that UFC knew they were wrong. You think it was an ego play? Yeah, I'll show you, Yair Rodriguez. You're going to do what we say, and psh, there you go. You're fired. Now, I don't deal with 500 fighters all the time. I deal with, at any given time, two dozen people who work for Fightful. Another half dozen people that I work with at Fightful, like that, that are above me and work with Jimmy. And then maybe on any given day, five to ten people who are pitching me stuff like that they want done. I've never been so angry. One time, I've been so angry that I'm like, I'm never working with you again. And I had a very, very, very good reason. It was nowhere near this. Like, it... I just can't imagine, and this happens a lot. Like, Leslie Smith, they told her to hit the bricks because she was starting a union. When my people are trying to make more money, I'm like, yeah, see what you can get elsewhere. I'll see if we can match it type of thing. You want good morale. This isn't a way to get good morale. But Zabit versus uh, Yair Rodriguez is a very fun fight. I'm excited for that. I think Zabit uh, wins it, though. You think Zabit wins it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yair's not getting much love in the live chat as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reserve my comment and prediction on this fight here because I want to see a couple of things from Zabit in his last fight, or at least last two fights, because uh, I know what Yair brings to the table a bit more, mentally speaking. Um, but Zabit's a fast, fast fighter, skinny, long range, uh, and Yair is very, very exciting. Um, I, you know what? I may be leaning towards... Uh, Zabit only because I wonder where the mental game, the mental strength, the fortitude is going to be with Yair Rodriguez considering what Frankie Edgar did to him. And, you know, the, the whole, I remember before that fight, you and I, at least I got the sense that I was like, man, Frankie's going to be in big trouble here. He's going against the young lion, the old lion, and Frankie just tuned him like a <laughs> yeah. guitar. And I was like, whoa, and that's the last we've seen of Yair, I think, right? He hasn't fought since, correct? I don't no. believe so. Yeah, so check. Yeah, and Zabit is just like he doesn't give a bleep about anything you Can't bring believe to the you, cage. You manually bleeped yourself. How dare you? That's yeah, we haven't seen Yair since May of 2017. A couple a little bit of additional UFC news before we get into the second Covington clip. Pacing on ESPN isn't changing. Bummer. Bummer. And I get it. You ESPN wants to maximize the hours that they paid for. But man, MLB, NBA, NFL, they they aren't beholden to what the networks want. They're like, "All right, run a post show, run a pre-show, run all that stuff. Get your get your hours out of it, but we're going to make our show our stuff as fan-friendly as possible." Also, Dana White seemed to indicate early weigh-ins are going away. I th- you know, I liked the idea of them. I loved the idea of early weigh-ins. What I think they should do is still do the two-hour method, but just push it back to the evening. Maybe. Still give them the time to weigh in, 
but just do it when you're doing ceremonials, I guess. I don't know. Uh, also, that gives them lesser time to come up with a backup plan if somebody pulls out. So there's that issue too. But, I mean, we've seen three times as many fighters miss weight than, than before. Just, yeah, which is just weird, in my opinion. And now I wonder if we'll see that happen again since fighters might be used to the mornings. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, you're, you know, you, everything's got to change. It's it's just a weird. I remember George the first time he had to do it, or, or the you know the last time he had to do it. He's like, "This is stupid, this sucks. Why are we doing this?" Like George, things have changed since you left the sport, bro. But yeah, this is dumb. I don't want to do it. Well, you got to do it. Um, this is what it is. And he made weight, which is fine. Um, but it is sort of a strange scenario. I mean. I understand it. I get it. But if we move it back, you know, I, I, I like the way it was before originally. Um, but I, I don't know that it makes that much of a difference when you're, you have to make weight by either 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and or 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. If you've known about the fight for 10 to 12 weeks, make weight. Right. And when you're, you know, like Shorty Torres is an example. Jesus, did he have to lose a lot of weight? He was training potentially for a 145-pound fight and gets 10 days' notice to make 125 pounds, a weight that he's made uh, on numerous occasions but always had plenty of notice to do so. He made weight. So figure it out, kids. So UFC 225 this Saturday, it is a loaded card, co-headlined by Colby Covington. I don't have a segue. Here's him saying some more crazy shit. What was your reaction to, to Conor McGregor and, and all the madness that happened in Brooklyn? Uh, where did you find out, first of all? Like, where were you? Uh, I was actually getting on a plane to uh, go to New York when it happened. And, uh, you know, he's a coked up little leprechaun, you know. It's, it's funny how, you know, as soon as I put out a tweet that I was King Colby the Bounty Hunter was coming after him, he turned himself in. He knows that he doesn't want my hands to have to get dirty on him. He knows what would happen. I would literally dunk that nerd underwater and make him quit. So, you know, it's it's a good thing thing he turned himself in before I got to New York because I definitely it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been good for him. I heard uh, that there's going to be extra security uh, for you for this event. Uh, can you can you confirm this? That's sort of the rumblings right now because of the you know everything that's going into this fight. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be extra security. Luckily, my manager Dan Lambert he has so much money and all the money in the world that you know he's hired some heart some armed security guards for me. So. You know, we just want to make sure there's no drama or distractions. You know, obviously I'm the biggest name in the game right now. So everybody's trying to come out of the woodwork and, and try and take shots at me and get attention. And, and they're trying to use my name to, to put themselves out there. So, you know, I definitely will have security for that. Thanks for the Dan Lambert. And, uh, you know, no one's going to put a finger on me before the fight. I get paid a lot of money to fight in the octagon. I'm not a, I'm not a street thug. Uh, you and Dan have been involved in, uh, you know, Impact Wrestling and all that. Have you been paying attention to, to Ronda Rousey over in wrestling? Have you been watching it at all? Yeah, I've been watching it. You know, she's marking out, man. They didn't. WWE did not pay her to to go over there and mark out and and the way she's acting. You know, to go and be the Ronda that we all know from the UFC, the one that you know gets in girls' faces and uh, you know creates controversy and drama. But you know, she's. She's acting like a mark, and she's really ruined it for UFC fighters, and she's giving us a bad name, and it sucks because I look forward to, to crossing over to WWE in the near future. Yeah, and is there any talks about you going back to Impact at all? Because I know you did a little bit earlier uh, last year. Uh, yeah, there's been some talks, but, you know, I'm too busy focused on the UFC right now. I got a belt to win. I got, I got women to sleep with. So, you know, I don't really have a lot of time in my schedule right now. My schedule is jam-packed, so 
you know, if WWE comes calling, you know, you'll definitely see me making, you know, an appearance at SummerSlam. Interesting. So has there been talks with WWE? Uh, little talks, you know, but, you know, we got to we gotta get my belt there on my waist first, and then, and then the talks are going to get a lot more heated. It's UFC 225 coming up here on June 9th. Uh, Colby, it's uh, always good talking to you, man. Just remind people where they can find you on social media, and if you got any sponsors or shout-outs, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, check me out at Colby Cobb MMA if you want to see the most entertaining dude in the game. I mean, all these other dudes, they're just they're not doing it right, man. I'm making the UFC great again. You know, whether you hate me or love me, you're entertained by me, and I'm definitely giving your life a lot more joy. Or you can come to my page and vent about me and, that's just as good because you can let your frustrations out. I'm willing to take them. Just leave a comment in my Instagram box. But, uh, you know, no nerds safe, man. This movement will not be stopped. And uh, I look forward to dunking RDA's head in the middle of the United Center, just like Michael Jordan. He used to dunk on dudes in the United Center. You know, that's the same thing. I'm going to be dunking my nuts on RDA's head. So tune in, pay-per-view, June 9th, live from the United Center. So it is upon us. UFC 225. It is a loaded show, Joe. This is one of the most stacked UFC shows ever, maybe. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm still. I'm trying to recover. I was just thinking to myself. I wonder if SAP has like a cheese meter graphic, and we can move that that needle like cheese, 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 or like Colby, man. Come on. Colby. Fun fact. You do better than there, that. There are these local, like, shit-talking forums where you can post stuff anonymously. And I was a subject once, like, ten years ago, and it just put Sean Sapp. And I was like, uh-oh, what's this? And then it says, likes cheese. And I said, does that mean I'm a rat? Or does that mean I like cheese? Because I do love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like, did it mean that I tell on people? Am I a snitch? Because I couldn't, you know, I don't really know that many people in the criminal underworld. <laughs> or the corporate underworld, according to Jimmy Van, but definitely I do love a good cheese. And for I those that don't sticks. know, I'm I'm actually very happy that you're still employed with Fightful. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Apparently, you and Jimmy got at each other. Yeah, it was live. It was awesome. On the so there's a fool on our chat. The same one that was saying ignorant racist stuff earlier, saying the title of your show says that Kobe. Keep in mind the correct spelling of Kobe Covington is. On the screen, like four times. I was going to be a guest on your show. It looks like you're using just video clips from the great James Lynch. Yet the great James Lynch, whom we paid to do that interview, with number 24 from the Los Angeles Lakers, Colby Covington. It's UFC 225, Joe. I'm stoked, literally. Uh, man. If you isolated, like, so many of these fights, they could headline any FS1 show. You got Clay Guida, Charles Oliveira. That is an FS1 co-main event, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> A popular guy from the past against Charles Oliveira, who's stepping up on short notice. And he's still 28 years old. That's something that people forget. However, he's had a rough go of it. He's only won one of his last four fights. He's, uh, like, two and four in his last six he might be an example of Cage Miles playing playing a role by the time you're a certain age. He's had 31 fights, but he's facing a guy in Clay Guido who's like at 50, at 50 fights. But he's on the best run of it, the best run he's had since 2011. He beat Eric Koch and Joe Lozon. Not easy victories by any stretch nope. of the imagination. 
I think Clay Guida's going to get it done here. I think Clay Guida makes it messy. He he employs his veteran tactics, and he gets a win. I, I don't think he's going to try to wrestle Oliveira. I think he tries to... I think he might stand and probably press him up against the cage, but I think Clay Guida's going to get this one done. I think uh, early on, I mean, if you look at the odds, Oliveira's a favorite right now. Um, but base, I mean, he's minus 160 to Clay Guida's plus 140. I think if, if Oliveira wins, he wins it early because he catches Clay in a submission or at least makes him pay uh, for attempting any sort of wrestling or setups. But as the fight goes on, if that cardio meter starts to drop, uh, I think Oliveira's in big trouble, and I think uh, Clay Guida can get that TKO. I can't wait for that fight. That's a good one. That is a hell of a fight to put on fight pass prelims. Also is Joseph Benavidez, in my estimation, the third best flyweight ever behind Horiguchi and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson taking on Sergio Pettis. Now, guys, I want to use this opportunity to plug a Fightful Select feature I did called If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot. I look at the UFC 205 card based on how UFC would want to book this if they could control the outcome based on uh, wins and losses, excitement, marketability, all that good stuff. That was a lot of fun. I also look at WWE shows, if it were a shoot, who would win based on stipulations, previous experience. Joseph Benavidez has sneakily not been defeated since 2013 and has won six fights in a row. Also been sidelined with injuries, yeah. so I get your sneaky leak. Yes, but. sneaky. He hasn't competed since 2016, and I thought Cejudo won that fight. I picked Benavidez to win it, if you remember. That was deep in the heart of somehow everything that I predict ends up happening, even if it shouldn't happen. So I think that Cejudo really stepped up to the next level there. He's facing a Sergio Pettis who is fresh off of a loss to Cejudo. Sort of fresh. It happened in December. But also... Uh, won four fights in a row, has not been able to make it to fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. If he beats Benavidez, he probably will fight Mighty Mouse Johnson. And the thing is, I, I for some reason, I thought Pettis had fought Mighty Mouse. That's how much Mighty Mouse had ran through the division. But if Pettis beats Benavidez, he definitely, I think, earns a shot at, at Mighty Mouse. No, because you think Cejudo's going to. Cejudo, his last fight, he beat Pettis. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that's true. That is true. And, but I'm like, when the hell are they going to do this fight? Yeah, it's, I mean, we thought something was going to happen with TJ Dillashaw and Mighty Mouse Johnson. That was the reason why, um, you know, there was a bit of a delay. And then this fight with Cordy Garbrandt happens. So Mighty Mouse is like, okay, you need an opponent. What's going on here? Um, I'm just looking at these prelim cards here, or pre- this, this UFC Fight Pass card, and thinking for a variety of reasons, as well as what we're seeing in the prelim card, uh, how strategic this is with the UFC, how they're placing some of these names names uh, on yeah. the Fight Pass prelims, uh, obviously trying to garner traffic to their, their streaming channel as this deal with Fox begins to come to an end. This might be uh, more loaded than any Fight Pass full card <laughs> there's been. I, I challenge someone to find me a better one. I mean, I don't think it's ever been out there. Bisping versus Silva was on Fight Pass, right? I mean, that single fight might be as That big. event. Yeah. yeah. That that yeah. single fight might be as big as all these combined, but you also have Rashad Evans, who, as Nikita Krylov fan says, 
never pay to watch him fight. They're trying to make you, but... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. He's lost four in a row. He has to win. He has to win over Anthony Smith. UFC doesn't give a damn about Anthony Smith. But if he beats Anthony Smith, that's a pretty good win. That's... He's won three of his last four. But Rashad Evans has to win. Will he? I don't think so. The, the, the only thing with Rashad Evans is the same thing that, that I've discussed for the past three or four Rashad fights is the brain knows what to do, Sean. The body can't execute it. And you're talking to a guy uh, who has to experience that pretty much on a daily basis uh, when it comes to anything uh, overly athletic endeavors from – MMA, jiu-jitsu, boxing, soccer, hockey. My brain knows what to do. The body just doesn't catch up. And Rashad Evans uh, is still a professional athlete, but he is a, he's not a shell of his former self because he's not getting his ass handed to him in his fights. He's not that guy that we're saying, oh, it's too much, like we talked about Jake Ellenberger or Chuck Liddell back in the day or blah, blah, like it's or Bachita. Bachita's actually doing okay now. But he's not getting beat bad. He's just not winning. And a win over Anthony Smith would go a long way, but not as much as a finish would. A finish would be fantastic for him. He has competed in the UFC every year since 2005. He has zero victories over active UFC fighters. Since Michael Bisping has retired, he now has no wins over active UFC fighters. That is telling. Now, Sonnen's in Bellator... Tito probably is. I don't know what the hell Tito's doing. Quentin Rampage Jackson, Phil Davis. And Phil Davis, man, that that's still a good win. Even today, that's a good win. But he has to win to hang on, in my estimation. UFC gives a lot more rope to fighters who held championships. So I think that, that he really, really needs to do this. And they want him to, I think. I think they want to keep putting him on shows if they can. We also have Mike Santiago and Dan Ige and uh, Rashad Coulter, Chris De La Rocha. I've got uh, Dan and Rashad Coulter probably winning that those. But also in the prelims, Mirsad Bektik against Ricardo Lamas. I think Mirsad Bektik finds a way to get it done. He has won, my God, man. He's won, I think, five of six. I think he can be really good. I think he's one of the featherweights of the future. But Ricardo Lamas is a pretty well-rounded guy who is not going to just take that lying down. But that would be a big, big win for, for Mirsad Bektik. Well, what do we say about Ricardo Lamas if he gets knocked out again? Yeah. Right? I mean, you're coming off a brutal knockout. Real loss. bad. Real bad. Uh, and that's it's in, it was a beautifully landed punch. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Lamas made the error, got caught, dropped. Uh, after that happens, generally speaking, you are susceptible, I would think, to more knockouts, to being knocked out again. Um, a lot on the a lot on the deck here for for Lamas. A lot on the line. Lamas is real good at beating those fringe people like yep. Charles Oliveira, Diego Sanchez, Dennis Bermudez, Eric Koch, even Hatsuhioki. Because I remember people thought Hatsuhioki was going to be the second coming of Japanese Christ. 
it didn't happen. It was it was a miserable run. Cub Swanson before Cub Swanson really <laughs> became Cub Swanson. <laughs> You're a fool. You are a fool. Well, I love it. I mean, technically, I guess he did get crucified. He he did by everybody that he fought in the UFC. That was a miserable run. I was really looking forward to Hatsu Hiyoki in the UFC, but man, whew, that was bad. He, he got beat. He just, I think he went like three and five. It was real bad. But also on, <laughs> on that show, Alistair Overeem against Curtis Blades, this fight moved to the prelims. Some people in our live chat speculating maybe that's because they don't want to pay in pay-per-view points. I just I think it's a loaded card. I think that Holly Holm and CM Punk are both bigger pay-per-view draws than Alistair Overeem. I think it's pretty simple. Uh, those that conspiracy about not wanting to pay Alistair Overeem pay-per-view points, they I still, buy it. I think they still got to pay Holly Holm and CM Punk pay-per-view points too, though. Yeah, yeah. So either way, but at the same time, when you take a look at, you know, I, I like the fight that the fact that Overeem is on um, the, the prelims. I think it's fantastic, only because. It's free. You can see it. And that fight there could be a great, absolutely fantastic launching pad or further launching pad for Curtis Blades. Because you know the way they're going to promote Overeem is going to be fantastic. And Blades is going to come in there. Um, let me just check the uh, the odds here. If you don't mind, give me one second here. Yeah, pull those up. I'd love to hear those. For Minus you. 175 favorite is Curtis Blades. Plus and, 155 underdog for Alistair. And I agree Alistair. with it. You know, I... I've practically got a fetish for heavyweights in their 20s. And Curtis Blades, 27 years old, has been unbeaten in his last five fights. Beat Mark Hunt. That was a good one. That was a, 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 I don't want to say too similar of a test, but, I mean, he has experienced the punching power of Francis Ngannou and Mark Hunt. Yeah. So I don't know what Alistair Overeem can show him, but I know that he can, he's got some outstanding wrestling and he's got a really good skill set for this division. And I like him in this fight. I don't think that he finishes Alistair Overeem, but he, he very well could. He could get Alistair Overeem on the ground. And Alistair Overeem's underrated on the ground, too. He yeah. he He's not given the respect that he deserves there, but... I got Curtis Blades winning this. I think he's taking it. Who are you picking? I'll take Blades. I'm taking Blades. I think it won't be a... a Oh, Jesus, Sean, it's a heavyweight fight. I shouldn't yeah. say it won't happen. It won't happen early because anything can happen at heavyweight. But I think Blades will, you know, he'll, he'll put together or he'll execute a systematic game plan like he did with Mark Hunt, provided he doesn't. I mean, you can take all the punches you want from Ngannou and Mark Hunt. You just shouldn't, okay? You shouldn't. And even Alistair Overeem, you shouldn't be taking any of those knees from Alistair Overeem because he likes to launch those knees. If he dare come in uh, with a shot or in the clinch, he'll hit you in the abdomen. Right, it'll hit your kidneys, so you don't want to take any of those. But you may have to to get this fight down on the ground and grab Alistair's back, which is probably what Blades is going to want to do. And I think some ground and pound will do him very, very well. I think he, um, you know, takes away a lot from Alistair. And let's not forget, Alistair's gone the distance many times, so yeah. it's it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a a, a blue collar work ethic by Curtis Blades, in my opinion. I think he does finish, does get the finish. Excuse me. Uh, I think it happens either late second, early third. Somebody in our live chat says CM Punk being a draw in the UFC is a myth. Nobody outside of WWE cares about that fight. That's the point! They want the crossover buys. Nobody in the UFC cares about Curtis Blades. What the hell are y'all talking about? Enough of what we think. 
Here's what the pros think of Overeem and Blades. I'm going for Curtis Blades, man. I'm going for Curtis. Um, I don't know anything about Blades, so I'll have to go with Overeem. Curtis, Curtis Blades. Yeah, the, the wrestler. You know, I got to go with the wrestler. Uh, you know, and Overeem just ain't what he used to be. He ain't Overeem no more, so I got to go with Curtis for sure. Ooh, oh, I didn't know that was a fight. I'm going with Curtis. Curtis by decision or knockout. Like, yeah. Could be a knockout, but I don't know. Man, Blades looked good against Hunt. Um, he fought uh, the Polish guy beat like a year and a half ago, and uh, that fight he couldn't take him down. Like I was surprised. I was watching that fight and I was like, "Wow, he's, you know, this kid's supposed to be like phenomenal wrestler, and he couldn't take him down." Well, I took him down with with ease, pretty much. Um, so he he looked real good though um, in that fight. He dealt with. Um, Hunt landing a big, big shot too, rocking him and almost finishing him, and then you know immediately going to um, to wrestling mode and take him down. And um, I wonder if he can take down Alistair though, because Alistair has been pretty good with his takedown defense, um, and uh, he's a lot taller than than Hunt too. So um, I'm going with Alistair in that fight, yeah. Curtis Blades fights with uh, Mark Hunt. I, uh, my opinion was uh, Curtis Blades' win. But uh, when his uh, fight with uh, Alistair Averim, I think uh, Averim is, is better. He, he has better defense from the takedown, uh, better defense on the... Uh, Faster on the ground. Uh, I training uh, with Alistair Averim, and he's very, very good. Yeah, that's going to be another good one. Um, you know, that's it's, it's it's kind of the theme in the division now. You got the younger guys coming up um, and, and knocking off these older guys that have been around for a long, long time. Um, and Alistair is one of those guys. He's you know he's kickboxing, MMA. He's been around since day one. Um, but I think the youth movement is coming through, and I think now's the time. Uh, you know, sometimes when you have a change of guard, the guys don't just go willingly. You got to show them the door. And I think it's about that time that, that these these older guys are showing the door. Um, and, and that's that's what I think is going to happen there. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chicago boy on that one, Curtis Blades. Uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a, a, a decision. I think he's going to go in there and wrestle him, out wrestle him. But uh, over him got a good guillotine, man. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. He, it's not like he's weak off his back. But uh, I think Curtis Blades is—he's fast on his feet, man. He just got to be more confident and let his hands go, because he'll sit there, he'll, he'll hit, catch guys, but then he'll just shoot in right away. If he just gets in there confident, just be more comfortable on his feet, I think you can put put some guys to sleep. Um, you know, I don't—I don't really know much about Curtis Blades. I've seen him here and there. I, I watched his last fight, and um, if, you know, if he wrestles Alistair the, the same way he wrestled, you know, Haunt and all those guys, I—I I could see Curtis Blades winning a decision. Um, I think that's an interesting fight, man. Uh, Curtis Blades is a young, young, hungry athlete, man, just like myself, uh, part of the new wave of that division. And I think it's crazy. I'm a fan of both of them, but uh, I'm going to have to go with the young gun, man. I'm going to go with Blades, you know. I'm going to have to go with the young gun just like myself. Cadelia Esparza, that's on the prelims as well. This is an integral fight in the women's strawweight division. Esparza has won three of her last four, had a split decision loss to Random Marcos. Took quite a deep breath there, Joe. My God. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if you're going to agree with this minus 550 on Claudia Gadelia versus Hell Carlos Hell yeah, Barzis. I am. Yeah. I was about to say that. Gadelia is going to maul her. 
<laughs> Gedalia is going to do terrible things to that woman, I would expect. Uh, how, how do I think she'll win? How does she want to win? I yeah, mean, no. She's facing a former UFC champion that we're talking about here. Um, I'm going to say that the odds, the odds do kind of appear wide, but at the same time, Claudia coming off that weird performance against Jessica Andrade, right? Like we expected much more from Claudia. Um, I, I don't know who mentioned it. it. Was one of the two ladies that said that she basically didn't even give any respect to Jessica and didn't even really train properly for that fight. Not sure if I buy it, but it looked like that's what happened. So I think she wants to come back and put on a fantastic performance. And unfortunately, uh, Carlos Barza may have to be maybe that victim. Uh, now, if Claudia can pull off, or Carla can pull off that crazy upset, be interested. This division will be turned right over. Let's be honest. Another integral fight across multiple divisions is Megan Anderson making her UFC debut, which many expected to be against Chris Cyborg, Cyborg yeah. against Holly Holm. You know, I think a lot of Megan Anderson. Quite frankly, I wish that her and Laura's podcast was on this network because I'm I really enjoy it. They do great wrap ups. However, given her skill set, and she's been out of the cage for a year and a half, yeah. she typically wins via TKO, via submission. I don't know if you're, I don't think you're knocking out Holly Holm. Not only that, I've not really seen Megan Anderson's cardio tested. I mean, kind of, against LeBrock in two, two and a half years ago. It went to the third round, but we're talking three, five-minute rounds. She's been to... The scorecards on a couple three-minute rounders, but she is facing the cardio god in Holly Holm, the pace god, the range god in Holly Holm. If there's anybody that can overcome a, a the six-foot-tall frame of a Megan Anderson, in which only gives her a, an additional two and a half inches of reach, but I mean you, you have leg reach too. I think it's Holly Holm. I think Holly Holm wins this fight, and she needs to. Holly needs to win. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm looking at this thing. Uh, I've got Holly Holm basically now in that category of fighters that are just like, can you pull that trigger, man? Can you just pull that trigger? You've got all the skills in the world. You've proven it for decades uh, in various disciplines. Please take a little bit of a risk. Take a little bit of a risk, Holly. Just a little bit of a risk and finish off Megan Anderson. If Megan Anderson can do it and do it quickly, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. I could see her shocking a lot of people. Problem is, Holly's too seasoned. She's a veteran. The only issue I'm ever going to have with Holly Holm until she can prove otherwise is just the pulling of the trigger, Sean. What just happened the two times she got aggressive in the UFC? Bingo! Lights out. <laughs> couple, of, couple of head kicks. Yeah. Cu- couple right? of head kicks. The Betty Correa fight was one. It was just kind of like, man, come on. Come on, Holly. Supporting you all the way, but just take a risk. Take a risk. And I, I don't know if it's um, Winkle John and, and um, just keep in, just stick to it. Stick to it. We got 15 minutes to do it. Sometimes 15 minutes goes faster than you think uh, in a situation where you know, yeah, listen, I'm not the one that's got the mouthpiece on and going in there and getting my head knocked off or trying to get my head knocked off. I get it. I'm just simply analyzing it to say a little bit more risk by Holly Holm and she'll finish girls very, very quickly. I think Holly Holm's going to win. Here's what Le Pros think. It's going to be a tougher fight for Holly. 
I think. Uh, Megan Anderson can fight. Um, it's it, to me, it's 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 if she can avoid that clinch. You know, Holly is 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 deceptively good in the clinch. She she ha- and comes up with better game plans. So I, I think the the clinch work and the 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 uh, inside game is going to be Holly's. But if she stays on the outside, then then it's all going to be uh, Anderson. So I don't know. It's, that's an interesting one. It's, that's one of the ones that's harder to pick just because of uh, how really good is is Megan Anderson. Ooh, um, yeah, that was a good matchup when I saw that come out. Um, uh, I think Megan, um, you know, she's she did really well in in Victor FC. I'm interested to see how she does kind of in the in the next level. Um, but I think Holly Holm takes that. I just think Holly has a little bit more experience, um, and I haven't really been able to see what Megan does against the higher level of competition yet. So. I think um, I think Holly pulls that one out. Um, I would say Holly, just because her footwork is so good and she's so experienced. Like she really has so much experience, not just in the UFC, not just in MMA, but all her boxing and kickboxing experience. And um, she's quite a good defensive wrestler, and it's it's really hard to get your hands on Holly. So I don't know, but Megan is really big, you know, and so I don't know if that's going to be a factor. Holly fought Cyborg though, like it doesn't get much bigger than that, like. I don't know. I just think Holly's going to walk away with it just based on her footwork and her experience. Um, but I don't know. I don't know Megan. Like, I don't – I haven't really seen her fight very much. And uh, she's been out for so long. It's like at this point, it's anybody's guess. Uh, that's a really good matchup. But I've always been a really big fan of Holly. So that's where I'm hoping for it to go. I like Megan. Yeah. I, you know, I really like her style. I like her attitude. Um, but I just think Holly Holm is too, too veteran, too, um, too conditioned, too strong. Uh, and I, I mean, it's a, it's a new hungry fighter against an old veteran fighter. And I, I think Holly's got it, uh, just with the, um, it's Megan's first fight in the UFC. You don't know how she's going to perform. I haven't seen her perform in a while, but I just got to give it to Holly. Yeah, no, obviously, uh, Holly Holmes is no threat, but I, I think, um, Megan's the, the, the taller, bigger fighter and she can impose that. I, I, I it's obviously one of the aspects is she's had some, uh, time off the last little bit so hopefully that's not an issue and i really think uh you know it's good to have uh you know another addition to the 145 you know i can't wait i'm excited about that fight i want to say it's going to be a very tough fight for megan anderson you know holly's very seasoned and she's fought the best of best i i think holly but you know i love megan and you know hopefully she'll be able to go out there and perform and, and prove every prove prove me wrong who knows you know a real benefit of having james lynch is that after i trash people on the air for making dumb decisions i don't have to deal with them and they don't do anything to me cyborg finally blocked me what do you mean finally i thought it was happened before no no she followed me for years Okay. Not only that, we've done more interviews with her than probably any website online over the last two years between Steve Muehlhausen and James Lynch and all these people and her wrestling connections. But a video emerged or some footage emerged or a list of the Ultimate Fighter tryouts emerged and I said, man, these are pretty bad. These are pretty rough. And she goes, you don't think, or it wasn't she, it was her manager, let's be real. It was her manager slash boyfriend. It was like, you don't think extreme weight cuts affected some of these people who fought at 135? And I was like, come on. Come on. I did my homework before I said this, and I said there were maybe two people who looked like decent names. 
And they said, I don't like the way that you disrespect these athletes. And I said, I don't like the way that you run Chris Cyborg's social media. And oh. they blocked me. They blocked me. Not surprised. Completely not surprised. But who is this Holmes that everyone is talking about? I know there's Holly Holm, but a lot of people are saying it's Holmes. Happened Who's Holmes? That's happened forever. Oh, all right. CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. CM Punk literally in court right now as he is being sued by a WWE doctor. That's got to affect him in some way. Steve Muehlhausen, I did an interview with him. or he's, he's called in. He'll call in after this show as well. And we will talk to him about how that's all going on. A few things. Mike Jackson, <laughs> all due respect to him and his skill set, he is not, he does not want to pro fight, but he says stuff like, he cannot catch up to where I am. I, I don't know about that. I'm not saying Mike Jackson's going to lose. He might win. But CM Punk has been training with one of the greatest, most loaded camps in the world for three and a half years. He trains with Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, the Pettis brothers. Yeah, I think he can catch up. Will he have? I don't know. But to act like it's impossible is, I think, a little ludicrous. That being said, we don't see a lot of what CM Punk has done. How do you think this goes? I don't know. That's the whole thing, Sean. I don't know. It's it's such a big question mark. It's a massive unknown. You would naturally assume that if you put in three and a half years of training with a camp of that nature, with coaches of that caliber, um, you've been through a lot of situations where you start realizing what to do, what not to do, uh, correcting of errors, opportunities and coaching that is prevalent in that camp. I mean, you, you would think he'd be more than ready at this point here because the simple error or errors, he made a few errors uh, in the Mickey fight, but the one error he made was just being a pylon stepping forward to a guy who wants to take you down. Mickey took him down. To be said for both, both guys though, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> they both right? did pretty terrible against Mickey Gall. So yeah. I mean like, so it's, it's tough to say anything can happen in this fight here. My heart's going to go with CM Punk, obviously. My gut gives me no offering whatsoever, neither does my brain. So I'll go with my heart on this one and think CM Punk will be able to pull it off. And yes, he's an underdog. People are giving, or the, the odds makers, or at least the public, has uh, Mike Jackson as the favorite in this fight here, minus 230. So we'll see. So a lot of people saying Mike Jackson is a boxer and he'll get pieced up if it stays on the feet. Could. Could. You don't know how really MMA striking will play into that because you got clinch work, you got a lot of stuff. Also, he's fought some total jobbers. He's fought three guys who have debuted, and he Mike also fought a guy who was 0-2. So his combined four wins, his opponents have a combined zero win. So I can't really put a lot of stock into that, but we'll see. A lot of people ask me what I think CM Punk will do after this. I think a lot of it depends on the court ruling. If he's got some money to make, I don't know if he'll see fighting as the prime opportunity to, to do that if, if a guilty or not a guilty verdict. If if an award is given to Chris Amon. So I don't know, man. Also <laughs> Sorry, Sean, for those MMA fans that, that aren't overly versed on the pro wrestling side, can you just give a quick synopsis of this whole court case with, with CM Punk, the doctor, the staff and stuff like that? Yeah, of Four years ago, four and a half years ago, CM Punk left 
WWE after he felt just tired on the road. He was physically beaten up. And about nine months later, it was Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, actually, he did a podcast with his friend, Colt Cabana. It was a very riveting podcast. Did another one the week after where he took aim at WWE's medical staff and named Chris Amon a couple of times in this podcast and talked about how he developed a staph infection, which that's up for debate right now of whether it was actually a staph infection or not. And Chris Amon said that Punk defamed him. Ultimately, he ended up getting promoted and has not been fired four years later. And you can say it's been quite a nice run for him even since then. And basically said in the proceedings that all Punk did was say some bad things about him and ruin his Thanksgiving. Lots of stuff up in the air. You know, there's he wants $4 million, but even if he wins, who knows how much he'll be awarded? Like, I mean, he could win, but be awarded two bucks. We don't know how that'll work out. But that is going on right now. Closing arguments happen today. We have a ton of notes on it. I've expanded on it on the Fightful Select uh, Q&A show. Just a ton of stuff going on there. And we have people saying that CM Punk has no business learning MMA. Yeah, he does. He has all the business in the world learning MMA. Fighting in UFC as a beginner, that's up for discussion. Which we've done. With as many fights as there are, I don't have a problem with it. I do not have a problem with it. When... UFC cards, or when it was a short one last week, and it went six and a half hours, yeah, I don't care if he's fighting. If they're going to, I really just don't care. Give give Jose Canseco a fight, too, if you want. <laughs> Rematch him against Hongman Choi. It'd be hilarious. Oh, I just don't care. I just don't care. Put them all on Dana White's Contender Series. We also have RDA, Colby Covington, how do you think this fight goes? It's a lot of wrestling in Colby Covington against a more well-rounded game in Rafael Dos Anjos. Colby Covington may not have the, the, the famed cage miles that we speak of. Dos Anjos has fought about 40 times. He's not invincible, although he's looked very, very good. How do you think this one goes? Um, you know, Colby's victory over Damian Maia, you know, did what he had to do, and, that's, and the other victory versus Dun Young Kim was pretty good. Um, I, I just don't think he's – heck, I'm hoping he proves me wrong, to be honest with you. I don't think he's on that caliber just yet uh, of, with um, RDA. I think Dos Anjos pulls off this victory. Uh, eventually, he's going to – as long as he keeps the emotion out of it and just is the mixed martial artist, the pro fighter, the former champion, and not this guy representing Brazil, and you insulted my um, uh, my country, and I'm going to make you pay for it, because emotionally you're going to make a mistake, in my opinion. Just go in there, execute your game plan, do what you got to do, um, and they're both southpaws, am I correct? Yes, I believe so. Now that could make for a... It might be a disturbing striking matchup, because two southpaws often make mistakes against each other because they're not used to fighting other southpaws. But um, I think RDA emerges victorious in this fight here. So, man, Colby Covington's got some some excellent wrestling. NCAA Division I All-American. I think that could negate the ground game of a Rafael Dos Anjos, but we've seen him make mistakes, big mistakes. And he got submitted by Worley Alves. I don't know if he gets beaten by Worley Alves again. 
it's it's always the tipping point thing. Like, where is the tipping point for Dos Anjos? I thought it was a couple years ago because he was he's he's no spring chicken. He's thirty three, but you can still put together runs there. But he has been beaten by high level, I mean god level wrestler Habib <laughs> Nurmagomedov. But he's beaten his fair share of wrestlers as well. So it's not like some incomparable situation. And really, it's hard for me to compare some of his early losses to, you know, Glayson Tebow and the, the weird jaw injury that he got against Clay Guida. That was such, I remember that was so unusual. I was there for that. That was right in front of Media Row. That was right in front of us. It's crazy. Man, that was insane. I'll never forget that. That was just so unusual. Man, my head says Rafael Dos Anjos, or my head says actually Kelby Covington's going to win this, but I... My heart says Dos Anjos. But enough of what my head and heart say. <laughs> How about what the pros think? We'll go with RDA. He's going to get that second belt. Um, Colby's the guy that um, he's like the American Conor McGregor, but not as cool as Conor McGregor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, no. I, um, I, um, I'm I excited to watch that fight. I, I, I love RDA, man. I've, I've, I've sat in the in the sauna with RDA, hand in hand, you know, brothers in Christ praying, you know, like, God, please help us make this weight, you know, like like cutting down to 55s. I really relate to RDA and um, Southpaw. We have a lot of similarities, and um, he's uh, he's been an inspiration for me, too, going up to 170, seeing what he, he's been able to do, and it's just um, it's a great inspiration, and um, I, I, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm biased on this one, but I'm, I'm going RDA all day by finish. Dos Anjos all the way. I mean, Kobe might actually be able to wrestle him, but I mean, it shouldn't be no way. It's, it's Dos Anjos all the way, and, and and Kobe better keep his head on straight. He he looking at too many different things. He looking at too many different options. He doing way too much. Uh, that that sh- that spotlight is gonna be huge when he's on it. So. Uh, in all terms, it, it all points to Dos Anjos. You know, you look at experience, you look at skill level, uh, you look at, you know, every every other attribute, I think, goes to Dos Anjos. Um, I know not a lot of people are fans of Kobe Covenant, and I've met him. He's a really nice guy, actually. But uh, I'm going to pick Kobe on that. I just think his, he's a natural 170-er, and uh, he's been doing really well. I'm going to pick that. I know a lot of people don't like how he goes about stuff, but it got him a title shot. It is what it is. I mean, he's kind of going like they kind of did the WWE way, but I, you know, I I don't really hate like people like oh you know you get mad about this guy's getting touched this and I'm like I mean I'm not one to talk like that you know what I mean I'm I'll be myself and that's it. But hey, it worked for him. Good for him. He's getting an interim belt and then hopefully he fights uh, for the regular belt afterwards. Man, Rafael Desanes is gonna kill him, and uh, and I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it's a quick one where Rafael Desanes goes in and finishes him real quick, and then Covington needs a. Gets angry and like feels embarrassed, so he's like, "Man, all right, just give me anybody next." And then I get in there and I go in there and get him next. I go in there, whoop him real quick, and then uh, UFC cuts him, and uh, that's the last we hear of him. And I'm going with Rafael for that one, 100%. I just Rafael at the moment is just—he's a beast. He's a beast right now, welterweight. So I'm liking the way he's looking. Yeah, so I'm going Rafael on the one. Man, that that is a fight that uh, Rafael dos Anjos cannot afford to lose, man. I, you know, I feel like he's got the whole country of Brazil on his back, and uh, you know, I, I think that he'll go out there and um, you know probably finish Kobe. And that guy's just a knob, like Kobe Covington, like he is honestly. Like it, I cringe every time I see a Kobe Covington video. Like he's that guy's a penis, man. 
Lose. Lose. He sucks. He annoys me so much that my judgment is so clouded that I will never back him in a fight, ever. I'm going to say Colby Covington, just because i seen Khabib take Rafael down a lot, and uh, I think the wrestling is just the difference of that fight. So, One of the fights I am most excited for, Tai Tuivasa, Andre Arlovsky. Ooh, that's a good booking. That is smart booking from the UFC. You have Andre Arlovsky, the guy who <laughs> every time you think he's done, every time you think he's done, well, not every time because he ends up losing five in a row, but he lost five in a row. Then they put him against Albini. They say, you know what? If he wins, good. If he loses, he lost one of our prospects. And then he beats Albini and Stefan Struve, and all of a sudden, here he is, and he's fighting Tuivasa, and I think this is a brilliant booking. Tai Tuivasa, a guy who I'm sure they want to help anchor that entire Australian market to. And here's the thing. This is his first fight outside of Australia. I don't think he boxed outside of America. I don't think that he he fought he did MMA. I think he kickboxed in Dubai one time, and it didn't go good for him. There's a big question to be answered there. But we know what Tai Tuivasa is going to do. He's coming at you to knock you out. Period. That's it. Andre Arlovsky traditionally gets knocked out a lot. When Arlovsky has won over the last three years, he hasn't finished people. I'm not sure. Well, I know what he could pull out to win. His right hand. That's what he could pull out to win. Because he's still Andre Arlovsky and he can still pull this type of stuff off. I give it. To, I'm going with Tui Vasa. I'm believing the hype in Tai Tuivasa, Joe. What about you? Well, if I'm Andre Orlovsky, first of all, Dan Hooker, thank you for telling us what you really think. And uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what Israel is. Israel looks like he's talking behind a, a hockey glass. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Look, uh, Tuivasa has never been to the second round. Andre Orlovsky's been uh, competing for a very long time. And I think if he th- plays it smart, uh, lots of footwork is intelligent about it, he gets this fight late. He takes this fight into the second or the third round. Uh, I mean, his last three fights have gone to the decision. Uh, and he's, he fought some pretty good dudes. Uh, not great, but good dudes in those fights. So uh, be aware of the power, which he already knows. He's a heavyweight. Uh, and take this fight way longer than five minutes. Because if you can, you know, you t- you're talking about a, a young fighter too. He was probably going to think, okay, I haven't been this far. Just... Maybe I should slow down, and that's when you capitalize. That's when you capitalize if you're Andre Orlovsky, because now he's second-guessing himself, and you go in there and you finish. If you're Tuivasa, you just do what Bam Bam does best, and you Bam Bam your opponent to sleep. That's just the bottom line. Main event, Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, Bobby Knuckles, man. I'm picking him to win this. I'm picking him to win this. You're talking Bobby Knuckles won that movie that happened in their last fight, that was a movie. That's what that was. Man, I can't believe it's been 11 months ago. 20 seconds in, his leg was cooked, and he stuffed takedowns from one of the greatest wrestlers to ever do MMA. Now he's got a repaired knee. Yoel Romero is a year older. I I definitely think that Robert Whitaker does it. Not only that, 
If I'm Robert Whitaker, I tell the ref ahead of time, you get him off that fucking stool as soon as it's his time. As soon, every time. Because he does the thing where he kind of lollygags over there, he tries to fill his lungs with air, all that stuff, and he'll take his time to get stuff done. you got to watch the trickery of a Yoel Romero. I've, I've spoken about this for, for years, Joe, ever since we've done this show. The first two fighters I really saw employ this to, to a high level of success, Gerald Harris, Robert Whitaker. The one hand up really high, the one hand really low. That way you can get those underhooks in if somebody shoots. And boy, did it work for Robert Whitaker in that last fight. He found success with that over and over and over again. And would pop Yoel Romero and just... He took Yoel Romero to school in that fight, I thought. And and did it with one leg. How do you think this goes? I would like to think that Bobby Knuckles wins this fight. You know, because he's just an absolute gem of a talent. And it goes back to when, you know, this site first launched. And my truly not understanding Sean Ross Sapp's absolute defiant love for Robert Whitaker. And I kept saying, why does he like Robert Whitaker so much? Because I loved Robert Whitaker on, on The Ultimate Fighter. When it was going down in Australia, I really, really liked him. And then he sort of fell off. And now he's like, oh. And every time he fought, he just got better and better and better and better until he became the champ. And this guy is absolutely fantastic. My only concern uh, is a bit of the layoff and the surgery and stuff like that. But, man, is this guy a talent. On the flip side, Yuel Romero's a freak. Now, the freak couldn't do anything to a guy that was on one leg. That's got me concerned. But Yoel Romero is extremely mentally strong. You don't compete in the Olympics and then in MMA and then become an elite fighter without being mentally strong. Now, does he have a few screws loose? Ah, we could probably make that argument. And I could say that at a personal experience, having been around him and his crew in Florida quite often, uh, operates in a different frequency, Sean. But when it comes to fight time, he's calculated. He will, as always, try and lull you to sleep and then explode. And, you know, Robert Whitaker knows that. So this would be an interesting fight. In terms of who I think is going to win, I am going to lean towards Robert Whitaker. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's a pretty significant favorite um, go, heading into this fight. He's a minus 240 favorite. I think, um, that's, I think it's a little generous. I do think that's a little generous. I would have the lines a little bit closer. But yeah, the man's I, unbeaten at middleweight. Like, he is a great example of what not cutting weight can do for you. You just avoid yeah. it. Yeah. And enough of what we think. Here's what the pros think. Well, I don't know. I think Joe Romero is a smart guy. You know, uh, he will adjust. But it's still a 50-50 fight, I believe. It's a, it's a very tough fight. But Whitaker, you know, uh, yeah, he's, he's good. <laughs> I think he's really good. He, 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 you know, I think style makes fights. And uh, with Whitaker, you need a really good stand-up guy. To, that's the question if your Romero, his stand-up is good enough to beat Whitaker. Because uh, Whitaker has good takedown defense. He gets up. Uh, he's not a real wrestler. He doesn't attack wrestling uh, offensive. Uh, but uh, really, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to say anything else, you know. But uh, 50-50, literally. Oh, man, that's a tough fight, man. They're so evenly matched. You know, I think if they fought 10 times, I think it would literally probably be 5-5 or 6-4 or something like that. So, you know, I, I probably got to go. I got to go with Yoel Romero. You know, he trains an American top team. I've trained with him before. He's one of my friends. So 
you know, go you well. Oh my gosh. I'm going for my man, Robert, man. Robert Whitaker has been on a tear. He's, he's coming off of a, a knee injury, a uh, staph infection. It's kind of like, you name it, he's kind of been through it, you know? And it's good to see somebody that, I, you know, that I've, I've beat in the past, move up to another weight class and just do work, man. So, and he's such a nice guy. I love Robert Whitaker. He's such a nice guy, man. And uh, so I'm going for my man, Robert. Oof, that's a good one. Uh, it's a better fight than, than people anticipate, I think. You know, I, I think that that first one kind of caught Yola out of, you know, Yola's a special type of competitor. He's a special type of athlete, uh, but competitor in general. And it's way harder to beat a guy the second time around because he's going to be able to make those adjustments. And the only thing Robert can do is just the same thing that, that led him to, to the victory. So, uh I gotta go with Yo. You know the 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 he's the better competitor of the. I mean, I don't I don't want to say oh Whitaker short, but you know I, I just gotta go with Yo on on uh, on you know history. Damn that that is such a tough one. In that first fight, it was so so close. Uh, it boiled down to that last round. I had it going. I had it two rounds apiece going into that last round, and to me, it boiled down to that uh, attempted. I think it was a. I think Yoel attempted a takedown and either slipped or I forget what he did. I don't know if he threw a knee and slipped or anyway, I remember him slipping or some like losing his footing or whatever and Whitaker getting on top of him. And that was the difference in the fight. And to me, that moment right there is what, you know, won Whitaker to fight and cost Yoel the fight. So going into this next one, I mean, this is as close as it gets, you know, um, I, I think we'll see another fight like that. And a lot of people will say Yoel has gas issues, whatever, what have it. But, I mean, look, he went five rounds with Whitaker before. And granted, he, you know, he came up short, but maybe he makes those adjustments. So, we'll just have to see. I mean, yeah, I feel like Yoel is really close to winning that last fight. And uh, if he can repeat some of the same things that he did in that last fight, I, I think Yoel might come out the victor this time. Ooh. I'm gonna, I say Robert does it again. Not biased either. Not biased either. I just think Robert, once you figure out a puzzle once, it's uh, easier to figure out the second time. So, um, also doing it on a bung knee as well. Yeah, I'm going to go Robert again. Guys, we hit you with 90 minutes today. You can see those full pro picks videos over at FightfulMMA.com or YouTube.com slash Fightful. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe if you don't mind. We are all over the podcast world. iHeartRadio, Player FM, uh, Libsyn, iTunes, all that good stuff. Leaving us a review helps. Leaving us thumbs up. Subscribing, hitting that little bell helps. But if you really want to help contribute to Fightful without having to do it financially, comment on one of our stories. Just go to the comment boards. I agree. I disagree. Whatever. Engagement really helps. If you're a Fightful Select member, you can be a member of our community and discuss things there. Also, our forums. I'm trying to get those more active this summer. I want to engage with you guys as much as possible. I'm doing like 30, 35 shows this month. It's insane. But my God. James Lynch will be joining me this Saturday night after UFC 225 because Family Man Ferraro big times me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know you're going to ask me what I'm doing this week. I've got three soccer practices to get ready for our festival, our first festival year for the U8 boys. Uh, and while we are at the festival, which is on the other side of the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, 
my cousins and their husbands will be here with their kids waiting for us to arrive uh, to use the brand new pool, which you all can see on my Instagram. And they are not probably leaving uh, till after midnight. So I will not be able to have a chance to watch the show live, but I'll be watching Sean Ross Sapp losing his freaking marbles with his damn tweets. I'll be knowing what's going on. Uh, and then I'll be able to sit down Sunday morning, coffee in hand uh, or pot of coffee for sure and, and catch up uh, and watch the fights and actual see if Sean was right or wrong. Also guys visit our friends at omg.com that is o-m-g-h-e-e.com they brought you this show today you all may have seen me talk to those guys on listen your boy they commented on our video and they sent me some of their product it is a healthy alternative to butter it's got your omega-3 fatty acids in it healthy fats in it man it helps with your joints all that good stuff it's so much healthier than butter i fried some pork chops in that (laughs) it was insane joe i was like what what could the big deal be what's the big deal here and then i tried it and i was like oh my god which is probably why they are appropriately named omg.com o-m-g-h-e-e Dot com. You can also check them out at OMG Butter on Twitter. Let them know you heard about it from us. Also, if you order, use the code FIGHTFULMMA and you'll save 10%. They hooked us up with that. I'm telling you, you got to cook your meats in this stuff. I am making a gang of... I'm probably going to make some steaks tonight with it. And, ooh boy, am I excited. I am pumped! <laughs> OMG! I want your wife to break into that room one day like Steve Austin used to do and just do craziness She's because you yell. She's not gonna because she is out at the grocery store right now buying some steaks that we're gonna cook in OMG. OMGHEE.com. Code Fightful MMA. Smackdown and steaks. You're damn right, Vinny Fernando. I'm pumped! <sighs> What a fool. It's good I love stuff. It. I was a doubter. And Melissa's like, ah, you don't even know what gay is. And I got sent it, and it's delicious. And now I know what it is. So too bad, so sad, Melissa. Thanks to Canadian Dairy Laws, you don't get any. I do. <laughs> Check it out, my friend. That's awesome. We're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.